Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. Now, Jordan, I've got a, a quandary, a question for you. Uh, what does an electric type Pokemon say when they get gassy while drinking milk? Uh, <laughs> Buzz, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm Zapdos intolerant. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving doing these super cheesy jokes at the beginning of the episodes. I, I hope you are, too. <laughs> You're probably not at all. Uh, anyway, Jordan, why don't you introduce today's topic for us? So today um, we've so we're recording a bit later than usual because we wanted to get some first impressions of Pokemon and talk about what we think. This isn't going to be a full review of the game. Uh, we I I'm not nearly far enough to do anything like that. I don't know how far <laughs> oh, David is. Me neither. No. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we'll start with that. David, how far are you in Pokemon? So my Pokemon are all level like 27 or so. I've been spending a lot of time just kind of wandering around, having fun, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, I have two gym badges. I've defeated one of the Titans and I've cleared one of the uh, areas. But I've also focused on clearing a significant chunk of my Pokedex. I have more than 100 Pokemon in the decks already. And I've done all of the classes that I currently can at the school. So I, I've gotten a lot done, just not a ton of progress in the story itself. What, how far are you? Uh, I'm not very far at all. So since this is an open world, the way I play open worlds is as soon as I'm given free reign, uh, I just like close my eyes and spin myself in a circle and then stop and then like run off in that direction. I currently have a badge and I've run into multiple Titan Pokemons that just like have completely wrecked me. <laughs> My team was only like level 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they get pretty tough, honestly. Um, I found like a list online of like a good order to go through depending on your level. And I'm not like strictly following by that. But, you know, I mean, I typically play open world games by wanting a particular objective to go to. And I mean, one of my first complaints about this game is there isn't a quest log for some reason, like we had in Legends Arceus. It's nice that you can go off and run in any direction, but since there is no level scaling at all, it's like, I don't want to show up at the level 15 gym when I'm level like 80. Yeah, <laughs> so I can see that. Uh, at, at least for my first playthrough, I'm just kind of trying to go by what I think is like the script that Game Freak wants. <laughs> Um, I, I already have multiple level 30 Pokemon that I've just thrown into my box. It's like, I hate my team's not there yet. <laughs> this would be You're cheating. too good for my team. <laughs> I have like, I, I got a Scyther already. So, oh, well, there you go. That's cool. I haven't seen a Scyther yet. Then I'm I have a fighting type Ghastly. Um, these uh, Terraforms are <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, they're a little weird. There are a couple that are super bonkers i uh joined a raid with a friend to get a dragon type ralts and gardevoir and galade don't learn any dragon type moves <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i can use terra blast or whatever with it and it'll change its typing but it's like okay <laughs> um but i mean i i think the world is really quite interesting um it's really big <laughs> surprisingly enough i didn't think it'd be as big as it is yeah um, um the colors are a bit more muted than i'd like them to be because you'll be walking through a grassy field and then come into like a, a badlands area and then into a desert and it's like there's not that much variety in the texture of <laughs> or colors of the like terrain <laughs> where you don't really notice quickly <laughs> that you're moving to new areas yeah and <laughs> It's there. Like, you can see it. It's just not, like, vibrant or anything. Right. And I haven't looked closely enough, but part of me wonders if Game Freak is using the same base texture for, like, everything and then just changing its color. Yeah. Because, <laughs> honestly, there's, like, hardly any variety at all in the texturing. And the textures are so muddy and low resolution that it's, like, it's jarring. Um, it's but not like where in, uh, say, Breath of the Wild, where uh, you have, like, sand dunes of the desert like rolling around and all that and like you're actually you you see like footprints and stuff as you walk around or like the thicker snow where it like slows you down and all that maybe there is a snow area and <laughs> but so far um you don't see a whole lot of variety to actually like 
interacting with the world. Yeah, you're not actually like making an impact on the world other than catching Pokemon, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, just purely speaking from a visual standpoint, we're not going to talk about any performance bugs just yet, just like the art direction, because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to how the game runs. Um, I think that the humanoid design is slightly growing on me, but I still don't like it <laughs> compared to even Sword and Shield. I still think that the anime style that they really went for in um, Sun and Moon was my favorite way that they've expressed this world. It was very true to the uh, Ken Sugimori art style, and this new version still feels really weird. Yeah, um, I don't like the character models in this game. Um <laughs> <laughs> Everything just look, looks so bland and it just, it feels, I, I've said this multiple times, but it does feel like an asset flip on the Steam store <laughs> with the art style. I mean, there are, there are quite a few character models that they definitely spend a lot of time designing and doing things with. Like a lot of the teachers at the academy and some of the gym leaders and stuff, they're actually really well detailed and designed. But like every other NPC in the world is so bland and boring, too. And they were like copy and paste the same person like 800 times in the same town. And I just I can't get over how boring so many of them look. It does not make me want to interact with anybody in any of the towns. Um, yeah. Well, luckily, they just have bubbles pop up above them now. So you don't actually have to talk <laughs> to every single NPC anymore. You could just walk by them and get the same amount of depth of text as you have in previous games. <laughs> just with fewer characters and words. And if they do have something to tell you, there's at least an arrow to say, you can talk to this person. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do appreciate. Like it just, it takes away a lot of the fluff of just talking random NPCs, trying to find the one item in each town that's worthwhile getting. True. Very true. Though I will say I was incredibly disappointed getting into the first town and realizing you can't enter like any building at all. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you see, so in the first town, did you look at the texture for the, the door? No. It looks like it came, was ripped straight out of an N64 game. Are you kidding it's me? It's so bad. <laughs> it's so low res. It was, I, I just had to stop and stare at it for a good while because it looked <laughs> so bad. That tree in Sword and Shield is an, is an absolute masterpiece now compared to some of the assets in this game. It, it blows yeah. my mind. No, like not even kidding. I mean... And there are some doors that you can walk into and like interact with in especially like the bigger city. But like it took me literally 45 minutes to realize that the rooms that you can actually go into are the ones that have like a um, a doormat. That's like a bunch of arrows on the ground <laughs> because nothing else about the storefronts look like they're inviting you in. There are a couple of storefronts where they, it looks like they're selling books or even like some homes that have decent looking door entryways where I'm like, oh, I think I can walk in there. And then I go and bang my head against the door because they didn't bother making it actually an entry. <laughs> you don't even walk into a Pokemon center anymore. <laughs> no, I miss it so much. Like, why can't there be actual Pokemon centers in the towns? Like they can have these gas station Pokemon centers spread all across the world, but I would much rather have the towns have actual buildings to go inside of. Like that was just, I don't know. It, it does. It makes it feel more real to me when a town has that in the Pokemon games because the Pokemon centers are supposed to be like hospitally areas. I mean, if you've watched any of the anime, like they're reception areas, they're places where people might be able to gather and do interesting things. But now they're just gas stations that don't offer any gas. It's just two people in a machine standing there. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a lot more like. I don't know, some sort of like tech demo or something. I know, right? It doesn't feel like a game that people well it doesn't feel like a world where people are actually living in no it really doesn't and i mean yeah it's fine that we don't get to interact with all of the people in the town but there also aren't enough houses for all of the people that walk around town i mean that's always been the case with pokemon right <laughs> true how many people are walking around in pallet town and how many houses are there <laughs> no i mean you've got a point there but like for an open world game um, especially coming from even Breath of the Wild, where you would go to Hateno Village or even Kakariko Village, the house is matched up with the population of the towns. So that that's just like one one thing that I have. It really doesn't bug me, but 
it's enough of a difference that it's like there's only one house in this town and there are like 80 people around here where I'm like, hmm, you know, it makes me feel like I'm not actually in the world. Anyway, that's, that's just a nitpick on that front. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a lot of nitpicks going on <laughs> in this review because uh, yeah. I so last episode we talked about Pokemon and I said like I was feeling pretty apathetic. There wasn't like a lot of discussion going on and I hadn't like I had pretty low expectations going into this and just figured it'd be fine. Um, my low expectations don't feel like they've been met. I <laughs> am actually shocked at how like poor this game is performing. This feels like another cyberpunk situation. <laughs> Did you see the meme going around that was literally like Game Freak and Pokemon? It was a, a screenshot of um, Red and Blue from the Origins anime shaking hands. Or it was either that or um, Ash and Gary shaking hands. And one of them was labeled Game Freak and the other was labeled um, CD Projekt Red. <laughs> and they were like shaking hands. <laughs> And it said um, having buggy messes at the beginning of the game. And it showed like some of the super awful looking stuff from uh, cyberpunk and some of the awful stuff from Pokemon. <laughs> so the, the sad thing about this, though, is so, uh, CD Projekt Red fixed most of the issues with um, cyberpunk. It's nowhere near yeah. like what they were promising before the game came out, even still. And it never will. Right. But right. they at least were like, hey. Like they, they pretty quickly came out and we're just like, hey, we know we kind of like messed up. We're going to try and like fix things. Um, and to their credit, they, they put a lot of effort in actually fixing things up to the point where a lot of people really enjoy where Cyberpunk sits at now. I don't see Nintendo doing that. I know. I don't see Nintendo admitting that they made any mistakes. I don't see Nintendo putting any resources to fix the game. We're going to get it as is with a few minor updates for st maybe some stability and probably fixing the memory leak. And that's it. It's not going to, we're not going to get like these huge sweeping content updates other than the paid DLC that'll eventually come. Yeah. Which we know the DLC is coming. Like there are definitely indications in the game <clears throat> that there is a DLC coming. So yeah, we know from a lot of other big studios that they will eventually patch a lot of games that are super buggy on release. You know, CD Projekt Red did it, like you said. But we have no such guarantee from Game Freak because the only patches they ever made to Sword and Shield beyond the DLC were like removing illegal raids so that people weren't getting like shiny legendaries left and right just from participating in a raid or getting unlimited of particular items or hacked in Pokemon that end up allowing clones to be made super easily. Like that stuff Game Freak patches out because that's like a core gameplay legality thing for their competitive scene. But they never actually made any improvements to the actual Sword and Shield engine as far as, you know, we know. Maybe there were some modifications and speed ups, but it definitely wasn't enough to make Sword and Shield feel like a more complete and polished game. But since Game Freak has never done that before with a single game, it's so hard to imagine them doing it for this game. Yeah, so it's a bit depressing on that regard. And on top of that, the game's still going to sell really well. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? We, we could scream all we want at the heavens. Um, no amount of like boycotting or complaining or bad reviews is going to like put a dent into the sales of Pokemon. And it'll because it sells really well, Nintendo and Game Freak are going to look at it and say, well, why should we put in the extra year of work that to like make a polished game? Yeah, exactly. And I would argue that if they did go out of their way to make like a really, really, really good Pokemon game that had just immense amount of praise from fans and reviewers, it'd be another Breath of the Wild situation where it sells 10 to 20 million more copies than normal. Yeah. And then continues to sell for the rest of the lifetime of the console. Right. We don't need a new generation every three years. They could just keep Pokemon like we get Zelda every five years and it does perfectly fine. It's it's selling Pokemon numbers now. Um well, five years. Did I did I misspeak? I meant six years. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that front. It's all about the numbers and the sales. Like, that's just what happens in the video game industry. We love Pokemon. Like, I want to make that clear for our listeners. Like, we are Pokemon fans. I mean, Jordan and I have become more disheveled and grumpy about the series as time has gone on. But like, I think we can both agree that we're still Pokemon fans, right? <laughs> yeah, I enjoy Pokemon. I play Pokemon is still one of the franchises I play the most. 
uh, yeah. year by year. Uh, like, it's just that I usually pick to, I stick to the games that I tend to like more, such as Emerald and uh, the Kanto games and the Johto games and sometimes uh, Gen 5. Yeah. Um, I also really like uh, Omega Ruby uh, as much as people have complained about that one as well. But <laughs> that's really like the only 3D Pokemon that I've really gravitated towards. And it's not that I think that Pokemon can't work in 3D. I think it could absolutely work in 3D. It's just that once Game Freak made this transition to 3D, it feels like a lot of their top senior talent just has not truly transitioned to this new style of development. Yeah, I mean, they did a great job with the 2D games. I mean, all of Generation 5, you know, was awesome. Uh, Generation 4 had some amazing games. Um, you know, people tend to say, and I agree with them, that uh, HeartGold and SoulSilver are potentially the best made Pokemon games in the series. Um, simply from a content standpoint, from how well, fun the game is. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have some issues with the Johto games. <laughs> well, there are some pacing issues. Of yeah, course. the pacing is awful <laughs> in Johto. But, but, but like post game content, Johto definitely takes the cake, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, Unova has probably the best story in all of the Pokemon games. And yeah. we got two games with different stories, you know, black and white and black two and white two. I mean, X and Y, that transition was rough. Um, I think Kalos is a beautiful region, but it really suffered from having a small amount of content and the fewest number of new Pokemon. Um, and that was partially due to them having to push it out onto a 3D console when they've only ever made 2D sprite games before. Um, Sun and Moon worked quite a bit better, though it had significant introduction pacing issues. I mean, it had a great story. And then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon was what should have been like a DLC <laughs> for the base game uh, for a lot of its content. Yeah. I still enjoyed it a lot, but it changed a lot of the characters. And I will say story I'm one of those weirdos but... who really likes Sun and Moon. I still stand by my review that we made back in like 2016, where it was one of my favorite Pokemon games. It's yeah. just that I didn't play Ultra Sun and Moon to like have that <laughs> taint my experience <laughs> at all. Cause I didn't see like, what, what was the point of this? <laughs> they didn't like right. sell any new content to me. And it turns out there was no new content. So, well, you got the ultra wormholes at the end. So yeah. you could go get all of the legendary. There wasn't $40 worth of extra content. <laughs> and I'd already played through the beginning of that game so many times. I can't, I can't do it anymore. If they yeah, can no. just. <laughs> <laughs> make it so I could skip the first two and a half hours of the game. I'd that'd probably be one of my most played Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah. Sun and Moon is really well made, I think. It was a great ending game to, for the 3DS. It worked really well, except for the introduction, because it's so slow and boring. Um, and then like Sword and Shield came out and we started noticing, like, okay, maybe we should be a little bit worried about Pokemon. I still argue that Sword and Shield were fairly fun games. They are definitely the shortest in the entire series. You can blast through the game in like less than two hours if you <laughs> train your starter up to level 100 on another profile really fast. <laughs> you can blast through that game so quickly because it's entirely linear. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there were all sorts of complaints about like how the trees looked, how the visuals were. But at least that region felt like somewhat cohesive, even though it was very linear and very small. The story was really subpar. It was obvious that they had to cut a lot of story content. And we know from the leaked beta version that there were going to be some pretty epic cutscenes regarding um, Dynamax and Gigantamax Pokemon uh, that were just ultimately cut from the game. And then Sword and Shield has like probably some of the best post gameplay um, in the series as well because of the DLC that you that you have to pay more money for it, which means that Sword and Shield are probably the best games for people that like to collect Pokemon, like they like to shiny hunt and do those things because there's just so much of it. I, I will say, even though you have to pay for the DLC, it's a better approach than just releasing the same game again and just forcing people <laughs> to pay $60. You're, you're um, telling me you don't want an Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon situation no, again? I don't want an Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And it forced them to actually like make real content this time <laughs> instead of Ultra yeah. Sun and Ultra Moon. Because I had to like be $30 worth of content, right? I didn't get right. it because I didn't quite see $30 worth of content out of it. But it was close. I would have paid $20 probably. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I know a lot of people are in that same situation. And that's great. And then we had, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And you know, I listened to our uh, podcast episode where we reviewed that recently. And we were so ecstatic when that game first came out because it was so fresh and so new and so fun. You know, even though there were like a lot of issues and we're like so many things could be done better in this game, it was still a fun experience, right? Yeah, it was fun. And also we before going into that, we were pretty down on the game. We had like very yeah. low expectations and <laughs> it kind of surprised us with just how fresh it was and major issues like there are there are some big but it was like for it, it felt like an experiment for a new direction that could really be beneficial to the Pokemon franchise going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think we gave the game like at least eight and a half out of 10. And that was even with like the glaring issues and stuff. You know, we rated it really high. Yeah. Well, it felt fresh and that's pretty rare to come out of Game Freak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the big problems with Legends of Arceus <laughs> is it stole the thunder from Scarlet and Violet because it really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Scarlet and Violet is going to be the top rated Pokemon game this year. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, look, I want to point out before we get into how like awful some of these performance issues are and how unpolished the game is. I really do and honestly believe that there is a very fun game that is hiding underneath all of the garbage that's on top of it. Well, yeah, that's um, why I made the comparison <laughs> to Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk does yeah. have like a really good, strong foundational base like it has phenomenal writing and a lot of fun ideas for like a, an open world rpg like do what you want sort of game it just didn't work like mechanically right <laughs> right and i think scarlet and violet have a lot of that and from what i've heard the story is actually really fun um you know there are multiple paths that you can take to get to the end credits you can go off in any direction you want there are Tons of Pokemon spawns all over the world. Uh, so you can, you know, refine your team and choose how you want to play the game. If you're much more into shiny hunting at the beginning, you're welcome to go off and just run around and find shinies. If you want to build up a more competitive team, you absolutely can. You get access to eggs really quickly. And if you just want to explore, you can also do that. There are a lot of really positive, wonderful things about this game that I think are a great approach for Game Freak. And I don't want people to think that as we talk poorly about a lot of the other issues that we don't think that that's there. I, I see too many people online think that all of the haters on Scarlet and Violet think that they're just garbage games and don't even consider any of the positives. Yeah. And like... Game Freak is still technically coming out of their comfort zone with this game, which I applaud them for because yes. <laughs> they are a studio that does not like leaving their comfort zone um, and it's not working out. And so <laughs> I really hope they don't just like retreat back into their comfort zone because of it. What this game just really needed was an extra year of development. Yes. Um, and I... <laughs> I saw this take online. I think it was from Arlo. And it was like, could you imagine a year where Pokemon Legends Arceus released as the holiday game, like in this Scarlet and Violet slot, and then Scarlet and Violet released next holiday so that Legends Arceus gets like, what, an extra nine months of development? And then Scarlet and Violet gets a whole year. Yeah. I think we'd be living in a completely different world. It'd be a lot both better. Both games would be so much better. Arceus definitely could have... Uh, it could have used a lot more development as well. Um, I don't think they would have increased much content to the game, but they no. could have helped with a lot of the, the performance issues. This game is just, it just straight up feels like it's missing content as well as performance <laughs> issues. It feels like, like I'm not, I'm not joking. It feels like one of those um, early access games on steam. And it's like <laughs> one of the early builds of an early access game. <laughs> yeah. Where they haven't made it like feature complete yet and there's still some broken things, but you can kind of see what they're trying to do. So you play it anyways, right? Right. And, you know, I think that it still would have sold if that were the case, you know, like, oh, this is an early access. We'll continue updating it over the next year or two. Like, I still think people would have bought into the game early, um, you know, if that's how they wanted to handle this. Um, I mean, I've also seen other people say that it's kind of like this is a beta build that you would show your boss like a year and a half before the game came out to say look at all the awesome progress we've made and how we're coming along <laughs> yeah i think it's a bit more than beta because it is a playable it's not a whole lot of concepts right it is playable right 
Right. But it, it feels like early access where it's not truly f- feature complete. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a great point. Um, So why not then, Jordan? Why don't, why don't we get into some of the performance issues that we have seen and that we have seen online from other people? Oh, man. As soon as I started the game, I don't know if I'm going to send you my footage or not, but <laughs> my character <laughs> had a really hard time walking forward. <laughs> I think mine did too for a second. I had to press like a very specific direction after standing up to start moving. <laughs> You'd like walk a few steps and then stop and then walk a few steps and stop. And anytime I came like anywhere close to an angle of some sort of object, it would be like I walked into an invisible wall. <laughs> I was like <laughs> inside the well, Have you seen the people in the house that have like gotten their camera stuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can believe it though. They they get stuck in that front room and then they go downstairs to say hi to their mom and then the whole cutscene happens with the camera up in the bedroom still. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> I have also fallen out of bounds. Um, I, that hasn't <laughs> happened to me yet. <laughs> I fell off a cliff onto some houses or whatever, and then like kept walking along the houses and like clipped through the houses <laughs> in between the walls and just kind of like <laughs> fell out of existence of the world. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I've had definitely times where I have like fought a Pokemon on a hill. And then when I go to like catch it, the camera clips underground and I just get to see the great blue void that is beneath the world. I'm just like, <laughs> this, this is great. <laughs> I couldn't even catch- get the camera to not clip through the ground. Sorry, yeah. what? Anytime you catch a flying Pokemon, the Pokeball just stays in place in air. <laughs> That's very immersive, immersion breaking. Um, and it's very surprising <laughs> because they've solved this with with uh, Arceus. Like, did they just not talk to the Arceus team at all? Are they on completely different <laughs> engines? I don't know. It sure feels like they're completely split versions of whatever library Game Freak uses. It, it's so weird. And I mean, like... Just a very quick aside, I really miss so many of the mechanics from Arceus. Like, why can't I have a cursor for throwing my Pokeball at things? It wants you to, like, throw your Pokeball at other Pokemon or throw it out in front of you, but it only goes directly in front of you or has, like, an auto-aim target, depending on what's in front of you. And I'm like, I just want to throw it where I want to throw it, okay? (laughs) And I miss that from Arceus. And on top of that, I miss being able to throw Pokeballs without having to enter a battle. Yeah. Like, why did we get rid of that? Well, because it was an experimental thing with Arceus. Oh, um, true. <laughs> to be fair, that fits a lot more with the gameplay loop of Arceus. They probably, yes. I, I could definitely see some arguments for not wanting to like immediately jump into that with this game. Um, Cause they're still experimenting with a traditional Pokemon game in an open world setting um, right. while it would be nice. And now that we know, because now we've seen them side by side, um, this is probably how we want to go. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming from even Pokemon go like yeah. Pokemon go is all about just catching everything and then refining the list of Pokemon that you have. But I can see, you know, main series games, purists or the people at game freak trying to decide it's like, no, when you catch a Pokemon in the main series game, that one means more to you because it took more effort to catch or something like that. You know? Game Freak doesn't care anymore. <laughs> they locked it to your game now. Like, there's so many Pokemon that I just walked past not caring about catching because it's like, ah, that thing's just going to exist on my copy of Scarlet or on copy of Violet forever. So <laughs> why do I care? I'm not going to yeah. use it this playthrough. <laughs> Um, there were some surskit I wanted to catch because I really like my bugs and mm-hmm. I threw my whooper out to go fight it and the whooper would not ever engage with it. I don't know if it, it was a bug in the game. No, no, it, it's because they were the surskit in town, right? They were the one, there were like three of them at a pond. Yeah. You were still inside the bounds of a town. Why am I, cannot but there, battle there's in other town. Pokemon around the pond that I could catch. I, I don't know. That was the same pond. I had the same exact experience. I was like, okay, go on out, Whooper. Let's catch the Surskit. And then nothing. And the Surskit like didn't even move. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's because that was still within the bounds of the town. What on earth? I thought it was because they were like, I, I could get my Whooper to go directly under the Surskit. So I was wondering if they were just on like a different plane. Than, oh, yeah. than the Whooper, <laughs> so it just couldn't detect them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, they seemed more like decorative Pokemon because 
a lot of the spawners in the game will do like completely random Pokemon, but those three Surskit were always there, even if I left town and like came back. Interesting. Okay. So I think they're decorative. That makes more sense. Uh, they did a really bad job of like conveying indicating that. Indicating that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of town and all of that, I sure do love how the NPCs move at less than 10 frames per second. Oh, man. <laughs> Did <laughs> So the classroom cutscene was the most like obnoxious cutscene to watch. Do you oh look gosh. at all the other characters in the classroom? How could I not, Jordan? <laughs> they were slideshows of kids kicking their feet. <laughs> I just had to sit there for like five minutes, like just watching them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what what are they doing they're kicking their legs but it's so it's like and the room isn't even that complicated no. right to render it's not like it's the whole building all at once it's literally just like 30 kids in a single classroom <laughs> they're all individual objects <laughs> <sighs> i mean they could just do what persona does and just have them be like stationary right yeah or like barely moving or something like I don't know. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, yeah, those and those low frame rates are present like everywhere. You see them with NPCs walking around their loops and doing weird things. Oh, and also another funny thing. I don't know if you saw this clip. Um, <laughs> somebody was playing the game. I think it was like Alpha Rad. And it was like he saw this uh, kid that was walking around town on his predetermined loop and the kid said, I want to go home, dot, dot, dot. And Alpha, I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. And then the kid gets stuck. <laughs> like he stops walking forward in his loop and then just disappears. <laughs> He's like, oh, I guess he really did go home. Oh, Hats no. off to you. Like press F to pay respects. <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was so weird. Uh, so anyway um and yeah i'm also really disappointed at the lack of individuality in a lot of the npcs like they decided to not do any sort of randomization when it came to even like the clothes that they're wearing because legends arceus actually did that a lot of the villagers use very similar models but they're wearing like different clothes and that really helped but in this game you can be in like a gym battle and you'll see like the same grandma three times in the audience and there are only <laughs> 10 people in the audience <laughs> yeah and that's a bit more jarring in a 3d game because they did that a lot in the 2d games as well yeah yeah but those were sprites you yeah. know <laughs> they only had so many pixels <laughs> well i mean they did just, they just didn't make many clothes in this game right <laughs> I guess <laughs> Since like, you, you only get four outfits. I have gotten so many people sending me complaints about that. I, I know <laughs> people are not happy that you can't change your clothes. People like individuality and like customization. And but Jordan, you can change your socks and shoes and oh, put on yeah. different gloves and a different <laughs> hat. And you have like 80 hair color options this time and different eyes. And you can have freckles if you want, but sorry, you can only choose from four uniforms for your shirt and pants. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even change their color. <laughs> I get that they're like, no, your school kids off doing your treasure seeking project, but that customizability is just. Ugh. There's a reason why people loved it so much. And I remember there being like some sort of interview, I think, where after X and Y, Game Freak was considering dropping the customizability for Sun and Moon. And they saw that enough people were like super excited and loving the customizability after X and Y that they kept it in because they only put it in X and Y because X and Y was France and France is known for all sorts of different fashion. So they're yeah. like, that fits perfectly with the region and the characters. And so they almost took it out and now they're like restricting it again. And it's dumb. So is this just uh, a way for Game Freak to say that they don't respect the fashion of Spain? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 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 I want to wear a matador cape. <laughs> I want to be a bullfighter. Let me be a bullfighter <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, um, but but beyond all of that, what, what are some of the other issues that you've noticed in general with the game? So one thing I've noticed that always like throws me in, <laughs> I think looks really weird is anytime you move Pokemon in the box, Whatever Pokemon you moved last, as soon as you select your next Pokemon, it will change the sprite quickly to the previous Pokemon and then change it back to the Pokemon that you just selected. It's just a yeah. weird graphical thing. And it, it happens almost like 100% of the time. You just kind of have to 
watch it. If you press, uh, I think it's here. Let me grab a controller. Yeah. If you press Y, but the Y button, um, on the Pokemon, it happens most often that way. <laughs> My favorite is when you enter the boxes from the menu and how the game flashes the box UI for a second, then the screen fades to black and then the boxes load. <laughs> It does that all the time with all sorts of transitions into menus, into cutscenes. Anytime like it fades to black, the game's like, I have to render the next scene. And it does for a single frame and then cuts to black. And you're just like, this is so jarring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> speaking of transitions to black, Jordan, did you notice in the first cutscene of the game, as it's fading to black at the end, all of the characters T-pose for like four frames? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of hard to see, but if you turn up the brightness and like reduce saturation with like Photoshop, you can totally see every character like <laughs> staring at the camera in a T pose. <laughs> Why would you ever turn off uh, <laughs> cutscenes now? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so that's really fun. Speaking of um, option changes, so they, they made it so you can skip cutscenes. That's a nice feature. The problem is it doesn't actually skip that many. <laughs> Yeah, you still they get added all that in Sword and Shield dialogue crap. Right. I mean, they added that in Sword and Shield, but it was only the movies where you don't have like any control. Yeah. So like that's what they're going for. It's like, why can't I press plus like in any other game to can skip? I, yeah. Can I just get a skip tutorial button, <laughs> please? Oh my gosh. Also, they okay. took away one of my favorite features of Pokemon. Which you, one? You can't change your battle type to set mode. Oh, yeah. What? Why? <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> and we're going to send in this Pokemon. Okay, I guess I'll switch. <laughs> you can't turn off animations and <laughs> you have to be on switch mode. I hate it. It it immediately just diminished the my enjoyment of battling. Yeah, it makes Nuzlocke's not as fun. <laughs> you know what's coming up next and you can still switch, you know? Yeah, I think it's dumb. So you just always have to press B now, which is just annoying. It's it's just oh, but, a nuisance. But the really fun thing is, is if you mash B out to get out of like other dialogue with characters, the game reads it before the text is done. And so you like immediately crouch or jump if you're on your right Pokemon out of the cutscene. And I'm just like, stop it. What even Why is the point cool of crouching down? in this game? I can't. It's not like Arceus where you could just throw the Pokeball out. Yeah, I know. Is it just, just try and like, because repels don't matter anymore. So that's your new repel just to crouch. I, I guess it's to, they, there's like a, a tutorial where it's like, be sure to crouch down as you approach Pokemon so that you can sneak up on them and then throw your Pokemon at their back to get them stunned. It, it's like Arceus in that way where you can catch them off guard and mm. then they can't move for like two turns or whatever. But like it doesn't work as well as it did in Arceus because in Arceus you could throw from anywhere, even if you weren't crouching or and you could aim things and throw the Pokeball like super far. It, it's bizarre. It's like they took some of the ideas from Arceus and were like, these are kind of cool, but then they didn't implement them well. Yeah. <laughs> or they just took ideas from Arceus too late into development. Yeah, probably. Um, some of the other really fun problems with the game are like uh, model stretches and model corruption. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen some of those. Uh, one of the funniest examples was uh, somebody playing in online multiplayer mode and so they were like mashing, getting on and off Coridon and Maridon. And at one point, when another when one of the players got on uh, Maridon, the model stretched to be like 80 feet tall. <laughs> Oh, and no. super corrupted with terrible looking eyes. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, we just made a Titan from Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another one that somebody showed where the model ended up exploding to be like 500 times as big as it should have been in multiplayer. And you could just see Coridon and the player like taking up the entire screen <laughs> in an area. It was it was nuts. Um, there's also weird issues where um, Coridon or Maridon will just disappear. So it looks like you're driving the invisible boatmobile from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> this game, man. Like, I, sometimes I'm watching these uh, glitches and I'm like, did anybody play test this? Because I don't think that many people are actually actively looking for problems like this. Like, yes, some of them for sure are. But like, your casual players are just posting things. Twitch streamers are just doing their normal playthroughs and posting clips. And you're just like, 
all of these should have come up in quality and assurance testing. So I think Game Freak has tested this. And I, on top of that, I think Game Freak already knows about all these bugs. Honestly, <laughs> they just shipped it out knowing that all these issues existed um, because the deadline came up and because of the like the the role that Pokemon has to be out on time for the new generation. They can't sell their trading cards or the new plushies without the new Pokemon. And they have the anime and right. I mean, people do not realize that Pokemon is a massive machine. And yes, Game Freak owns part of the Pokemon company. And I've seen some people say like, oh, Game Freak is withholding budget. They're forcing them to complete these deadlines. And then other people are rebuting that by saying, but Game Freak owns part of the Pokemon company. Okay, So the issue with that is Game Freak has 30% voting power in the Pokemon company. That's not controlling interest of yes <laughs> of, no. of the company. So like right. if Nintendo and Creatures Inc. want it a certain way, then the Pokemon company absolutely can force Game Freak to do it the way that the other two want it to be done. And if they exactly. don't, then it can go. Then the Pokemon games can go to a new studio, most likely owned by Nintendo. On top of that, Nintendo owns uh, not a controlling interest, but a. a decent amount of like votes within game freak and creatures themselves yeah yeah exactly it's a much more complicated thing than just game freak owns part of the pokemon company so therefore they aren't bound to any of its rules or decisions you know like yeah (laughs) while while nintendo themselves technically do not have controlling interest of the pokemon company the pokemon brand and game freak and all that they have enough soft power over the other two that Nintendo could do whatever they want. Like it is an extension of Nintendo and it all just comes down to how many bridges does Nintendo want to like burn down to get what they want out of it. (laughs) Right. Plus Nintendo is the publisher for the games and the publishers also do have final say over um, final release dates and deadlines. They just do. That's how this, that's how this works. (laughs) So While I do feel bad for Game Freak in a lot of ways, like Pokemon is a monstrous machine and Game Freak is the one responsible for creating the new Pokemon and the new regions so that the rest of Pokemon's interests can progress. The anime can't go to the next region without the games being released, like you said. Like all of that stuff is wholly dependent on Game Freak. So the Pokemon company decided that this year was the year we were going to the Paldea region and so we had to get Scarlet and Violet out. That's just how it is. I think at this point, Nintendo and Pokemon Company need to come to terms that generations need to be four years or five. Yes, going forward. The games still make, or not just the games, like the Pokemon can still make massive amounts of money without having a new generation every like three years. It's absolutely possible. Um, The trading card game could potentially do things like Magic does, where they bring back really powerful cards to put back into like the standard meta or whatever the oh, rules are. And on top of that, Pokemon's okay. not They're- as much of a competitive focused game as Magic. There is a competitive scene. I'm not saying it's not a competitive game or a good. It's just that the majority of people who buy Pokemon cards do so because they want to collect Pokemon, right? They're after right. like the really pretty um, chase cards in the sets. Um, which is something the Pokemon trading card game has absolutely capitalized on way better and more successfully than magic ever has. Magic is currently going down this path of trying to emulate Pokemon's success of like these big giant uh, special versions of cards that are like full art and all that stuff. And they just have not seen as much success as Pokemon in that regard. And that's like kind of the focus of the Pokemon TCG. Yeah, no, that that's a really good clarification. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. But I, I mean, I still just think that the company could figure out what to do with an extra year of not having a generation release. <laughs> there are now a thousand plus Pokemon. I think there are a thousand and I think it's more than a thousand and seven that are currently in the game's code. There's a lot of things you can do with that many beloved species of Pokemon. But that also like ties into, you know, Game Freak potentially not even patching these games because who knows what kind of experience they have actually fixing these things or what their internal schedules are like. Do they already have to start working on the next generation? So all of their team is like dropping support for Scarlet and Violet, except for the DLC team. Oh, I'm, I guarantee there's already <laughs> senior staff being moved to the next generation right now. 
It's insane. Like they're they're so fast that they cannot fix these games because we know one of the major problems is definitely memory leaks. And I that's definitely not the only problem. Many problems exist within optimization steps like certain routines taking way too long to happen, um, the process of moving memory to and from uh, or moving data to and from memory or, um, you know, whatever. There are all sorts of problems that arise when it comes to optimizing code, especially game code. But one of them is for sure memory leaks. And honestly, who knows if Game Freak's even going to fix this memory leak that makes it so that the longer you play the game, the worse the glitches end up getting and textures stop loading and the game eventually crashes. I imagine they'll at least attempt to do it. It will depend on like how much work it will probably be required to be done. But that is a significant enough of an issue that I could see Game Freak trying to fix that at the very least. I hope that's the case. I I, I, am I feel praying. like there were previous Pokemon games that have had some memory leak issues in the past, like Sword and Shield, that they fixed within the first month or so. I'm just speaking out of memory. I don't really truly remember this, but yeah, I don't. I don't either. But I'm sure Game Freak has a an extensive list of bugs that they've already <laughs> known about that they've been working on for the last two months after it went platinum or gold. Um, and we'll probably be seeing a major update within the next month. But it'll just be to just like fix certain glitches and some are just going to always be there. And some there is one glitch I really do enjoy. I really do <laughs> enjoy being able to jump backwards up cliffs. <laughs> yes, that one's so good. <laughs> Nothing like BLJs <laughs> in the Pokemon. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, it makes traversing a lot easier. I mean, eventually, I think Coridon Miridon gained the ability to climb, but for early game, it's a game changer <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I mean, and there are other movement glitches that are also very fun that uh, speedrunners will probably take advantage of very soon here. Um, one really interesting one that you can do, especially in early game, is if you have two controllers connected to the Switch at the same time, for whatever reason, the game doesn't know which one is like player one's controller. <laughs> <laughs> so you can use both of them simultaneously and they like fight for dominance. But one interesting glitch about it is if you're not on your ride Pokemon, if you hold both control sticks at like the northwest angle of the controller at the same time on both controllers, your character moves twice as fast in that direction. <laughs> it's wonderful. These are going to be interesting speed runs. Yeah. Well, and another interesting one is like you can escape the tutorial area like The introduction is kind of locked by very large mountains and you don't really escape until you're done with the school where you can leave out the opposite gates of the main town. Um, But you can open up like the entire map in the beginning of the game by kind of working your way up to the top. There's like this large gap between a place where you can stand and where the rest of the map opens up. If a Pokemon happens to spawn across the gap you can actually throw your pokeball to initiate a battle and the game teleports you over to that pokemon so then you're just free (laughs) yeah that one's a really (laughs) nice one too i mean and you can use that glitch all the time too you can use it to get to islands so that you can pick up good items you can use it to get across rivers and other gaps like but it's a significant sequence break at the beginning of the game so anyway there, there are a lot of fun glitches and a lot of fun stuff Uh, But, you know, Game Freak really needs to patch at least some of the performance issues. Oh, one other fun thing that I wanted to point out that is really jarring from a graphical standpoint for me are when you get badges for completing any of the objectives in any parts of the story, the game like takes a screenshot picture and then like (laughs) of like a fun pose with your character and the other character you were working with. Um, and then they put like this super high resolution PNG of the badge down in the bottom corner of the image. And to me, it is so jarring seeing like the 480p muddy textures in the screenshot. And then this like crystal clear badge that has like super shiny effects. <laughs> it's just like this is please stop doing that. Like at least make the badge like simple you know like not highly detailed that would work so much better here uh the other thing that drives me absolutely crazy visually is how there isn't a single attempt at anti-aliasing i I know i've pointed this out with the trailers but it is so bad in game it is so bad i cannot stop looking at stairs while i'm moving and seeing them make waves at me (laughs) (laughs) 
I hate it. It's just like, why didn't you even try to anti-alias Game Freak? You could have done like the lowest possible filter for anti-aliasing to fix some of these issues. I know it's more expensive computationally and you're not so great at optimizing the game at this point. You need more time for that. But like, come on, it's 2022. I should not see line segments making up characters and stairs and stuff everywhere. So anyway, that's my rant on that. So um, I think we can conclude that this is a game that we're we're having fun with, but <laughs> it has some serious issues and we're kind of upset with the future direction Pokemon is currently going in. Does that sound about right? I yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that they can iterate on how this game works and in five years give us an amazing game. But we know we're going to get the next game in like three years and it's probably not going to be good. <laughs> So what's going to be the next feature that they cut in the next game? Because we're just losing features every game now. <laughs> um, well, they got rid of uh, the daycare in this game. So Wait, maybe they're going to get rid of. How do you get new Pokemon? You breed eggs at picnics now. <laughs> oh, you just have to have the two Pokemon in your party that are compatible and then just like kind of run around and kind of play with them. And then eventually you get Pokemon in the eggs or you get eggs in one of the baskets but there's no indication that there are any eggs in the basket you have to check the basket if you think there's an egg in it that sounds like so much more work than the daycare oh yeah it really is because at least at the daycare there was a visual indicator that the eggs were ready (laughs) but you can afk for eggs i guess like they can just spawn in eggs while you're sitting there and the basket can hold multiple eggs at a time so like you can just leave it there for 20 minutes and come back and you might have like seven or eight eggs if you're lucky. Um, one of the other things that they removed from Legends Arceus is that Pokemon do not shine. Um, when they're shinies on the overworld, they are just different colored Pokemon and you have to encounter it to realize that it's actually a shiny to get oh, the sparkle no, animation. No, I've been looking for the shine. Yeah, no, the shine is gone. There's no indication. It is the dumbest thing that they've done for shinies uh, because you just have to be like, is that a different color? And there's like a regional Taros now that is like completely black colored and it's shiny is just like a different shade of the black. So good <laughs> luck trying to find that shiny. Um, and then of course there are a lot of older shinies that are hard to notice as well. So like, it's just, it's such a downgrade from legends Arceus so much, but anyway, features that they might remove in future games, um, maybe eggs altogether so that you can only use items to perfect <laughs> stats or make stats zero or something. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they might make the music even worse than it is in Scarlet and Violet. I think Scarlet and Violet has some fun music, but I cannot stand how repetitive so many of the songs are. They repeat in like 18 bars, and I'm just like, this is driving me crazy. So, you know, they might make the music worse. Um and of course, they could even remove more texturing from from the games and make the games look even worse. I don't know. <laughs> That's really cynical of me. I can't think of any actual mechanics that they'd get rid of. <laughs> I'm going to say they get rid of ranked battles. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill that whole community. Yeah. yeah, they're going to say that that's not the uh, future vision of Pokemon competitive. Man. I would be so sad. I might stop playing Pokemon if there is no competitive. I mean, I don't play a ton of competitive, but it's still so fun learning about those strategies. It's just kind of like roulette trying to figure out <laughs> what gets cut because I didn't expect them to cut like clothes or um, set battle mode. It just blows me away. Or <laughs> walking into houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one's weird. So like they're 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 digging for things to cut or or even they're, walking into stores because a lot of the stores are just menus. You will open the door and it's just like menu. What do you want to buy? They want no corners on Pokemon. They want to cut as many of those as possible and make Pokemon <laughs> as much of a smooth ball as they possibly can. Apparently, but they also want to make the introduction longer. Because the introduction in this game from a like speedrunners have been timing the introduction area for leaving the academy to finally have free roam. It takes like 57 minutes right now to get out of the academy from yeah. what I've seen. I plan to not do a second playthrough of this game. <laughs> that that was a painful start of the game. It took me a lot longer than 57 minutes because I just every 10 minutes I just had to like put the game down and go like go do something else because I was just so <laughs> bored. Yeah, when you're restricted, it, it's not fun. But anyway, 
I don't know what else they're going to remove, and but Game Freak will probably surprise us. Oh, could you imagine if they got rid of the physical fe- special split? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think they'd do something <laughs> like that. That would be... They make all of the stats as if they are in Pokemon Go, so you only get oh, HP, my... attack, and defense. That's it. <laughs> oh, maybe. What if the next generation is more integrated with Pokemon Go because of something like that? Oh, I sure hope not. Pokemon Go is also going downhill, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> yeah. We were going to talk about like the Nintendo seal of quality today, but I think we've kind of uh, ran out of time for today. Yeah. I mean, we just had so many complaints to make about Pokemon. I mean, I guess we could say just very briefly, like, I think we will do a whole episode on the seal of quality in the future. I think that's a really interesting topic for us. Yeah. But like Nintendo's the publisher of this game and they used to put like an official Nintendo seal of quality on like every game they released. And that just seems to be gone Nintendo doesn't care about this game anymore. They just wanted to make money off of it and push the mechanism that is Pokemon forward. And it will. It will make money. It will sell 18 million copies. Oh, it absolutely will. And again, there are lots of really fun things at the core of this game, but it is so unpolished. And all of the people that are like, I never see any graphical issues have never played a polished video game before, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far. There are just some people who are just not as like aware yeah of stuff like this um because it's just not what they're looking for they're they're looking for just like the gameplay loop and the enjoyment right that. and i know there are lots of content creators and personalities online that have published reviews and they love the game they think that the gameplay loop is really fun and addictive and it's a really positive step forward for the series and i can agree with a lot of that i really do but again, all of these technical problems and issues are so hard for me. And it's probably hard for the both of us because we come from a computer science background. <laughs> you know, we know how computers basically work. And this is just like, man, if we tried to release code that performed like this, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It really well, depends on the culture of the company. I'll, I'll just true. say that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. But There's a lot of companies out there <laughs> who are more than willing to do this and plenty of really intelligent people that do really dumb things because they just are really restrictive on time and budget and uh, workforce. Yeah. I mean, what's that old adage? There are like uh, there are infinite ways to do something with code, but only a few ways to do it fast and efficiently. Yeah, and, I'd, be, I'd say there's lots of ways to do it fast, not fast and efficiently. Yeah, I guess <laughs> <laughs> you can do all sorts of things with spaghetti code. I wasn't talking about fast from a development <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> I was talking about fast when it came to actual computation. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the easiest solution is typically not the fastest solution when it comes to writing code. And given the time constraints Game Freak had, I'm sure they had to just go with, we have to get these features to just work and make sure the game just doesn't crash all the time. And I mean, there is also the argument that part of the reason why the game runs so poorly is that it's on the Switch hardware. But I, I have a hard time backing that theory because we have seen so many games even this year that are bigger in scope than Pokemon that run just fine and look eons better. Just look at Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Like, you cannot compare Xenoblade and this Pokemon game that both came out this year that are both open-world titles. I mean, Xenoblade isn't exactly open-world. It's still somewhat linear in its progression, but it is very open. You cannot look at those two games side-by-side and say... Yeah, no, it's the Switch's fault that Pokemon runs poorly. Yeah, I don't think if we had a Switch Pro or even a Switch 2 that that would fix what Game Freak has done here. <laughs> I think this is an internal thing uh, with Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, th- this is a code problem, not a hardware problem. I mean, hardware help or is making it bad, I guess. Cause I mean, if we had a different slow. Switch, then it would take longer <laughs> for the memory leak issue to be a problem. True, you know, if we had eight gigabytes, it would take more than twice as long (laughs) instead of four. (laughs) And maybe things would load in faster if the clock speed was better. But anyway, that's a lot of subjective stuff. We don't know what's happening completely under the hood. Um, And we don't know what Game Freak is aware of, what they've actually tried and what constraints they actually have. We do know that there are only like, I think, 180 employees at Game Freak and there are like 300 at Monolith Soft. And those 180 employees at Game Freak are on like a three year generation release cycle, which is just rough. It's hard. So, yeah, 
Monolith Soft had more time with Xenoblade 3 than this game had. But Monolith Soft also released Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Xenoblade Chronicles Torna, and... Or no, yeah, those two games in between Xenoblade 2 and uh, Xenoblade 3. Right, but how many games did Game Freak release in between two? Like uh, Game Freak released Legends Arceus, Sword and... Sword and, and Shield. It, it, Sword and Shield and, I guess, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, so Xenoblade 2 came out at the same time as Ultrasun Ultra Moon. So we had the Let's Go games, uh, Legends Arceus, and Sword and Shield, and the DLC right. for Sword and Shield. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. They do. They are pumping out more games, but Monolith is also helping with other Nintendo titles as well. Sure, yeah. So, But I, I'm, I'm not trying to say, like, Monolith is just the amazing studio that can do everything, but... Anyway, it's just they have more people and they have more time to work on their games. And Game Freak has fewer people and less time and much more tight constraints. It looks. And you would like, expect so. Game Freak to have more of a budget than Monolith. Yeah, <laughs> because Pokemon games sell like what? Ten times as much as Xenoblade? Yeah, Sword and Shield have sold ten times more than like Xenoblade 2. <laughs> so they, they really Plus they should. have the entire backing of the pokemon company and its profits yeah they really should have the resources available to like hammer out what the issues are and fix it but eh, they they whoever, aren't whoever's just in charge is uh pumping game freak for as much like short-term profits as possible and then when it crashes i'm sure that's when they'll look take a look a deep look at it and probably do some major restructuring but until then, might as well collect the 20 million paycheck every three years. <laughs> yeah. Well, 20 million copies paycheck. <laughs> it's like a billion dollars. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And I don't think that that day will come unless there's a major restructure at Game Freak internally where they put their foot down and say, we cannot continue in this manner. Well, isn't it that Pokemon's been kind of like Pokemon games don't go up or down in install base <laughs> very much from generation to generation ever since Gen 3, it feels like. So like Gen 1 was just like way, way out there. Then Gen 2 was significantly less than Gen 1, but still way more than what we currently get with Pokemon games. And then this just been like the static uh, plus or minus one or two million from 20 million every year. That sounds about right. Yeah. And that's just the video games, which the video games are probably a smaller portion of everything that game or uh, that the Pokemon company makes in terms of profits. So, I mean, even though we recognize that these games have an enormous importance to the rest of the machine, Game Free or the Pokemon company is probably just like, well, we'll get these games out. They'll still sell as they normally do. And then we can usher in all of our other merchandise and other things that will make more money than the video games. I think I saw somewhere that the video games are like maybe I I don't remember the actual numbers, but it it definitely was only, I don't know, probably like 20 percent of all profits or something like that. That don't quote me on that number, but it was pretty small compared to like the trading card game, the merchandise and all of that other stuff. Well, yeah, trading cards and uh, merchandise are just typically always going to be the biggest (laughs) money draws (laughs) just because people are buying so much more product. Right. Like you buy a video game once for sixty dollars. But if you're like a hardcore uh, trading card player, you're buying. <laughs> you multiple. buy packs every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you blow through sixty dollars a lot faster in trading cards. Yeah, and even like the people that collect all of the plushy merch stuff, you know, like they're also spending more money in total to complete their collections or whatever. It's an interesting problem. Pokemon is way more complicated and advanced than a lot of fans give it credit for. And that makes it really hard to discuss these nuances regarding how the property works. So we're hopeful that Game Freak will have that moment where they're able to spend the time that they probably want to spend on these games and make them amazing and wonderful and let these really cool, powerful, interesting game mechanics that we know they're capable of come out in amazing force like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and Nintendo's other like flagship titles. But until that day comes, we're just going to keep making fun of Scarlet and Violet and it's funny, funny glitches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't expect this to be my favorite Pokemon game going forward, but we'll have the uh, full review later this month. I'm sure we're going to be talking about Pokemon quite a bit this next month Yeah, because it's going to be a big part of like what we consume from Nintendo like internally like one uh <laughs> pokemon episodes yeah. do do better <laughs> but two it's also just like what we're playing on on nintendo right now 
So. Yeah, exactly. And the review will be much more like <laughs> actually reviewing the game and not just us being like, yeah, initial impressions or this game is a buggy mess. Yeah, we'll actually talk about how interesting the story is, how cool Pokemon designs are, all of that stuff. It's not just us sitting here and being like, please, we want more from this game. <laughs> well, with all that said, Jordan, I can't think of anything else to really talk about today unless you have any final thoughts, any zingers you want to throw at us. I think we're good for today. We ran a bit longer than I expected. Okay. And we didn't even get to talk much about the Nintendo seal of quality. <laughs> yeah. so. Maybe that'll be next episode so that we can uh, have a break from Pokemon and then get our full review. Yeah. And then we can talk about other games that, you know, fit in with that quality problem. So anyway, lots of things to look forward to from us uh, in the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking quite a bit about various Nintendo things, especially as we get close to like the game awards. Yeah, we'll be thinking a lot more about this year in review as well. So, well, with all that said, I guess we'll go ahead and cut it here. Is that good? Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nintendo Fusion podcast. We apologize if our voices sounded a little like stuffy or whatever. I honestly don't know what this is going to sound like as I edit it. Uh, Jordan and I actually both got um, colds this week and we're still recovering. Um, independently got colds because apparently our entire state has a cold, right? <laughs> I could not find cough drops anywhere at any store <laughs> today. It's apparently running wild, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, if you liked the episode, please be sure to leave us a like or a review on whatever app or service you're listening to us, uh, with, um, please be sure to share the show with your friends as word of mouth helps spread it as well. And, uh, join our discord at nintenfusion.com slash discord. That'll give you an invite link. With all that said though, thank you again for listening to this episode and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. See ya.